ladies and gentlemen, it is Valentine's Day. And if you are not uh, in a relationship, then you have more time to lift, to get into the gym, and to make yourself actually presentable so a girl will like you. Go into the gym, use our discount code, OpenGuardCast25, go to the Election Performance app, and download it so that you can become thick, mean, lean, and swole, and available for your future wife. Speaking of, by the way, Jake Watts and Danny O'Donnell, this is the Open Guard cast. Speaking of thick, mean, lean, swole, I'm looking at Italo Mora, our guest. I'm looking at his Instagram page. This man moved up to middleweight. There are too many plates on this on this uh, bar for you to be benching it. <laughs> I'm actually going to jump right into the to the to the first question, Italo. You have taken your strength and conditioning uh, to a whole new level. I remember when I met you at Purple Belt, you were competing a lightweight or featherweight. Yeah, I was starting to compete at lightweight. But back the, back in the day, I was featherweight still. Yeah, you were competing featherweight. Now you're middleweight, and your your the impressive strength gains. Uh, can you go through a little bit of like just some of the uh, the changes you've made in your strength and conditioning, and uh, what you are looking for in the future with that? Yeah, I think I I started doing a lot of compound movements. I mean, like at least three times a week. But nowadays, I lift five to six times a week. Wow. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's awesome. With jujitsu? Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, man. That is very impressive. I uh I don't know. I how much how many calories a day do you eat? <laughs> I wish I could eat more. <laughs> I, I I bet you eat well m more than enough. I uh that's that's very impressive. It's a very impressive work ethic. Have you always kind of been um was there some change at some point that made you decide to do this? Like what made you what made you decide? to up your strength and conditioning in that way i wanted to get like bigger and to move up on the division because like you said at the beginning i was too light and i felt i was weaker than the other guys mm -hmm. so i tried to get more to get stronger to lift more and like overall i, I could get it after like a year and so mm -hmm. i was at the top of the lightweight with weight and then i decided to go middleweight all right. I'm, I'm getting to the weight I want. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. I mean, you've had and you've had some amazing wins over uh, former or war black world champion Jamil Hill Taylor. I remember uh, at the beginning of 2019, you broke the uh, jujitsu Internet with that win. And uh, you've had some I mean, I'm looking at some uh, some of your match history as well. Taking Tommy Langacker to advantage really close matches with Adam Wardzinski. Do you have plans to compete in the open? Is that what I'm looking at? Yeah. That's that's why I decided to move it too. Mm, that's awesome. All right, cool. Well, that's yeah. awesome. That's that's a really interesting, man, cuz uh that's a that's a big that's a big weight discrepancy from when I first met you. Featherweight, lightweight, <laughs> now middleweight. Yeah, but you were lighter as well when you we first met. Yes, yes but I was like tall. I was I was the same kind of way, you know what I mean? Me and yeah. you have the same goal. I just want to fill into my frame. Like I'm too tall to be a, you know, a, a lightweight or a middleweight. This is not okay. Oh, I got to weight right now. Right now I weigh 188 pounds, Whoa. so I'm not even medium good. heavy. That's not good, Danny. <laughs> I got to be eating more. I'm yeah, eating you, more. You can get to 205, right? Easy. Oh, maybe. I haven't found out yet. <laughs> We're working <laughs> on it. Uh, yeah, that I definitely want to gain weight as well. I feel you. I, I have kind of a follow-up question to that. So I feel like when people go up a weight class, a lot of times their game kind of changes. Like when you're lighter, obviously you tend to play more guard and 
I feel like people's mobility is a little bit different in the lighter weight classes. So have you noticed like a change in your jujitsu or have you tried to change anything as you've added more muscle to your frame? Yeah, I felt it. So like you said, when I was lighter, I was just focusing more on guard. And when I decided to move to move up on the weight classes, I saw that you need to be complete, to be like good passing, to have good takedowns or defensive. And that's that's something that I felt it. Before I was focusing on guard, now I need to, to fill those gaps. The passing, the top game as an overall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I noticed that a lot of times the strategy changes depending on the weight class too. Like you said, you worked mostly on guard at featherweight and lightweight. And there's a lot of double pole scenarios and stuff like that that you have to be really in tune with but i feel once it gets to middleweight and up people start playing the takedown game more they're not always just accepting the bottom position sometimes they really yeah. fight for the top too so you you agree with that yeah i totally agree with it and it's cooler right you don't need to worry that much about like, oh who you come up first who will take the first advantage yeah you can focus more on like how you can pass a guard or how you can sweep the other guy instead of like focusing on that strategy of double pull the ankle lock and that yeah, yeah. that's awesome that's definitely that's definitely a lighter weight thing um yeah. i find that now because being medium heavy i feel like i can pull guard freely more often and uh i remember when i was competing in middleweight every single fight without fail would be a double pull and i got super annoyed <laughs> i would have to like lower my six foot four center of gravity all Do the way squat. down the floor yeah like squatting in my fights so i can land and that's i mean uh, it's a little you and i have shared the mat two times and I remember at Nogi Pans, I was like, okay, I'm going to double pull. And then I think you double pulled before me. I was like, damn it. <laughs> it's so hard. And you have a – one thing that I really like about your game is your guard is like a Rubik's Cube. It's super, super, super hard to figure out and pass. And um, I think that that is going to actually be really interesting because you have had this guard developed from the lighter weight division. And now that you're in the heavier weight division of middleweight – I think a lot of middleweights are going to have a, a weird time figuring out your guards. So I can I can see this working out pretty cool. I can I, I definitely uh, I have high I definitely I can see why you're doing this and I like it. Yeah. I hope it works. I remember when I was younger, like some people at the gym, they said, "Oh, I think it'd be better for you if you come up to the to the up to the classes above," because I wasn't that fast since I was like little. So they said. That would be better for me if I do like middle or like that, even though I was small at that time. But I was always thinking about it. Yeah, so now Jake, let's do it. Yeah, for sure. Jake, I thought you made an interesting point because I always think of Leandro Lowe and like in terms of someone who developed their game in a lighter weight class and then kind of gained weight and used their same game at the heavier weight classes. I mean, he changed a little bit, but like you said, he had a guard that was developed for lightweights and then he brought that up to all middleweight, heavyweight. All those things. And it was really cool to see that. Yeah, he did it so well, right? The way yeah. he, like, yeah. he won five divisions. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that was insane. <laughs> yeah, I know. That, that's one of the craziest things for me is uh, the realization that he won five different divisions. Man. That's crazy. And, and all while drinking beer and Coca-Cola. <laughs> <laughs> like, the whole time, that guy was drinking beer and Coca-Cola. A lot Coca-Cola. of cerveza. Yeah, and uh, and he was the best, and he's still he's one of the probably, I mean, arguably one of the best of all time. Crazy. Sure. I'm gonna I'm gonna do that, but I'm not gonna do that. But I'm gonna not drink beer is what I was trying to say. Just I'm gonna Coca Cola. Do, do my best, maybe Pepsi. Coca Cola's nasty, dude. Pepsi. 
<laughs> That's an interesting question. Let's let's take a little. Uh, let's go on that detour a little bit before we get too far into the how you start in jiu-jitsu question. Um, do you have any so with a strength and conditioning you know routine that you do, you have to have a crazy diet. You have to be able to be putting on muscle, lean muscle. Do you have what is like your vice? Because I have my vices, meaning like, what is your cheat? Like when you're like, man, it's been a couple months or man, it's been a month or it's post-tournament. What do I eat to like just be – to relax? Like what's your what's your favorite go-to? I won the tournament. This is my reward meal. I think the the food I like the most is pizza. Yeah, nice. my favorite. It's a man after my own heart right there. <laughs> Yeah, well, is like, there like a specific style? Because like I know there's different kinds in Brazil versus the U.S. Like you're in New York, so there's probably amazing pizza by you. Yeah, I I like the simple pizza like with cheese. Yeah. Mm. I'm a simple, simple man. person. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm I'm like a, I don't you know at least you're not one of those guys who's like you know what I really like pineapples on my pizza. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong? With you? Like well, no judgments, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> All right, so I, I do want to get into how you got started in jiu-jitsu. So do you want to talk about like how you first got introduced to the sport and what it was like at the first time you walked into the gym? Yeah, so it was with my father influence. So since I was little, he was teaching me like martial arts. I started with karate when I was young. And then like he did it, karate. He still does it. But like before, he was teaching me some stuff. And then... When I was 11, I, he started teaching me karate when I was nine. And when mm -hmm. I was 11, he brought me to a jiu-jitsu school. Like he, we used to go over there for a while. So I was in the vacation of school. He said, oh, you want to try jiu-jitsu with me? I said, okay, all right, let's go. Like a father and son thing. And then we went there. It was cool. Since the first day I like it, we are going there twice a week at the beginning. That's really That's cool. Awesome. So you mentioned earlier that people were always telling you to go up in weight class because even when you were small, you were slow. Did yeah. you feel like as a kid, like maybe you weren't the best athlete? Did you feel like um, jiu-jitsu was tough at first or did you kind of adapt to it pretty quickly? I think like it wasn't hard. I always had good mobility and a good coordination. I always could do the things that I would try to do it. But it was always was hard for me to do things like fast. Like when I have yeah. to do something like fast, I said, man, I don't want to do it that fast. <laughs> yeah. I like to keep it more like flowing, keep the same the same pace and try to do like with a beauty and elegance instead of mm -hmm. go too fast and expose it. Mm -hmm. It's understandable. Yeah, I think that's kind of like a, a common misconception people have when they watch jiu-jitsu matches, especially high-level black belts. They think that they're really fast, and I think a lot of times it's just they know what's coming. They they have the right reactions to the moves. So do you think – do you have any advice for people? Like maybe they're like you. They're they're flexible or mobile, but they're not like super fast or explosive. Like do you think there's a specific style that those people should try to focus on? Yeah, the thing I realize – like. These days, like training with Murillo, Leandro, like all the other guys, I mean, the highest level guys I train, like Bushesha, Everett, oh, and other guys that people don't know that well. Like, what I felt was the way that they they pose the body and the way they, they make the grips. So they don't rush it too much. Sometimes you grab it, but they make a grip over your grip. 
and so tiring and you cannot like move them at all. So I realized that the way you stay and the way you make your grips instead of keep like breaking the grips or try to go too fast, you just like move the body on the right spot and put the grip on the right spot and it makes a difference. Yeah, that's really interesting. You said like make a grip over the grip. Is that more on top? Like instead of breaking like the collar grips or something, maybe they'll make a grip over the top of it. Or is that applied to top and bottom position? Yeah, I think it applies bottom and top. I'm oh, trying to do like either one. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. Like when that, well, like if they have a grip on my collar, I make a grip over it, and then when I can break the grip, I can knuckle down on it, right? And then they can, uh, they can't re, they can't regrip. Is that yeah. a little bit of what you're talking? Yeah, that's very, it's very interesting. You pointed out my coach uh, yells at me for doing that, uh, <laughs> for for to like to do that, like because I'm I'm the kind of guy that's also I'm impatient and I want to pass, you know, I want that I want to pass now, but he's like Jake, you need to learn how to you know get tight, you need to learn how to not be. Uh, so impatient all the time and i just you know i want to pass i want it so i i get impatient but that's a very big point he brings up all the time is making proper grips i feel like you can make yourself so much stronger by just making a proper grip regardless of your strength conditioning program but being strong and making a proper grip is like where it's is where it's at totally if that makes sense yeah i agree with you that's awesome so you talked about you mentioned Marillo and some of the other high level guys you trained with. Who were some of the first high level guys that you trained with when you were a kid? Uh, when I was a kid, the the gym I used to train, a countryside in Brazil, there are some like good people over there. Like they won Brazilian Brazilian nationals, they went to the World Pro, they 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 was on the podiums in Pan Am's World. Like, so I had a good training since I was young. And some people, like, they kind of, they shift their goals as mm-hmm. the years go by. But like, I started from a young age to experience the high level. So, like, it wasn't, like, too different or too scared when I went to Sao Paulo and met the, I'd say, the idols, those guys. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So at what point did you, so you trained with high level guys, like you said, when you were a kid, at what point did you move to Sao Paulo? Like how many years into training when you met uh, Cicero and, and uh, Murillo and some of the other high level guys that you trained with? Yeah, I was 14 years old when I 14. first, yeah. wow. That's when awesome. I first went to Sao Paulo, I think it was carnival. And then like look, my friends, we used to train together. In like Ribeirão Preto, they said, "Oh, we wanna go with us to Cicero. We will go there for like a week or so. You wanna like come by and see how it is to go and training." I think Leandro and Paulo, João, Murilo, they were there. I said, "Okay, let's go." Even though I didn't know them, <laughs> I just would like to go with my friends and train because they really admire those those guys. We said mm-hmm. and said, "Oh, let's go over there." And then I, I went, and it was one of the best decisions I made in my life. Yeah, I'll say. It led into the rest of your uh, currently going on beautiful jiu-jitsu career. So it's very cool to hear. Do you remember what the uh, first experience was like training with those guys? I couldn't say, like, it was cool. But I was, like, so young, and they were, like, so good. They were just, like, playing around. Mm. Yeah. So it wasn't, like, real. They just, like mess up like they just play around and say oh it's a 
it's a kid that want to do something and then like they just they just move they just flow is i felt it when i was like older with like 17 18 or so i felt the high level i said oh so that's it the high level i said damn i need to, to keep training consistency uh okay so i have a question so Around this time, you said you're 14 years old training with these legends of our sport. Uh, uh, was it before then or a little after that you decided to make jiu-jitsu your career? At what point did you decide, man, I want to do this for my job? I want this to be an everyday, this is my career. And the first thing I thought I would like to do with jiu-jitsu was go to Rio and fight the Brazilian nationals. Because when I was young, at school, I told a friend of mine, he said, oh, I want to go and fight in Rio said, no, man, you can't do it. We were so far. I said, no, I think I can't. He said, no, you can't. And then I put that on my mind that I would like to go to Brazilian Nationals and win it. And then later on, I was I was leaving from it. I didn't like, think, oh, I will leave from Jiu-Jitsu. The first thought I had was to go and prove this a friend of mine he was wrong, that I could do it. Wow. Yeah, really it's cool. funny how like a small decision like that, like, oh, I'm just going to go travel to this tournament can lead to such a big change in your life. Yeah. Um, did you feel like your results in the beginning were, were they like encouraging? Did you have a lot of losses earlier in your career? Or were you pretty much winning a lot of the major tournaments that you entered right off the bat? I think the first three tournaments I fought, I won. Like, but I was so like scared, so too much adrenaline that I, did, I didn't fight well. But even though I fought like good kids, I was like fighting so bad. But they were also like nervous. So I could win like those first tournaments. But after a while, I was losing a lot of opens. Like every open I went, I lost it pretty much. <laughs> but I won the Brazilian Nationals. But I was losing like three, four opens. And then I fought Brazilian Nationals and I won it. And then I, it got me motivated. That was that so, blue belt? Yeah, juvenile. Juvenile blue belt. Awesome. Mm. So I remember the first time, one of the first times I saw you compete was actually at the World's 27. I think it was 2017. It was that purple belt. Was that 2016 or 2017? It was I the think year it was you, you won. Yeah, I think it was 17. So you won the purple belt adult featherweight division that year. So w what was training like for that tournament? And what was your experience like winning the Worlds for the first time? I won the World Pro in Abu Dhabi. The words in California, I took third place. Oh, you took third place at Purple yeah. Okay. Well, well, what was that like, going to California and competing at the Worlds and getting, getting to the podium? Yeah, man, I had uh, good preparation. I was fighting so well that day. Like, every fight I had, I was, like, killing it. <laughs> yeah. Like, everything that I tried to do, I was able to do it until, like, the sem semifinals. That like I got the queue. Mm. Oh, that's right, that's right. Okay, so I had the World Pro confused with the World. So you won the World Pro, which is for people who don't know, it's almost it's equivalent to the Worlds in terms of like the level of competition. There's really tough guys at the World Pro. So what was it like winning the when winning the World Pro too? Yeah, I felt realized it. Like it was cool. Like I felt like lighter. It was like, like a big a big goal that you were able to check off your list? Yeah. 
Because we keep like all the time trying to prove us. At least like I feel it. Like oh, you will be able to do it. Like how does it feel when I accomplish it? Like did I train enough? Like did I do like all I could do it? And then I remember to that tournament. Like I I lost one a ticket, and then I I had to buy another ticket to went to Abu Dhabi, and then I was like oh. Maybe it isn't the time. Like I just, I slept and I lost the the flight. <laughs> I got there like two days before, but I was feeling good. Like the day I got to the to the venue, I thought oh, it's today's the day. Like I felt it. I felt I was going to win it. To win it. Mm-hmm. I'm. Uh, I. You know. Okay. Here's a. Here's another thing. Um. You are you still primarily do a lot of bimbolo and and some le- some under the leg stuff, correct? This is this is me going off of my memory of uh, the matches that I've had with you and of watching you compete. Do you feel like that'll change at all with uh, with the with the future? Do you feel like you have taken a little bit of more of a focus um, on passing? Yeah, I always like it like to entangle the legs, but mm-hmm. like you said before, I was trying to stay on bottom. And yeah. just like search for the back, but now um I want to sweep more and stay on top. Like it's a good feeling when you're able to pass someone guard. So I want I want to get that feeling more. Oh yeah, I <laughs> yeah. love that feeling too. Well, the reason why I ask is because you know there and and this is just goes into my next question. Um, I have seen you compete gi and no gi, but right now we're in a little bit of an interesting spot in jujitsu where there's kind of this separation of gi competitors or traditionalists and uh <laughs> and the nogi scene which is flourishing as more of a professional showcase what with the who's number one and the eug promotions and the third coast grappling do you have any plans to enter into the heel hook rule sets and the 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 nogi professional super fight shows more and more as that becomes more popular or are you gonna mainly do gi no i want to do both like mm-hmm. i really like nogi i like heel hooks and those things, even though I don't do much, I I like the way how it it goes and how it adds up. Like you can you have more opportunities to search the back or the passes, and it makes more like fluid instead of sometimes you're not you're not allowed to rip, mm-hmm. so it kind of limits a bit. But when you're allowed to rip, it gives more like more ground to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of opens I, the game up more. Yeah. I want to compete more in Ogi, do like some super fights, mm-hmm. buy the showcase as Jack said, and the the ones you fought. That was really cool to fight you compete on the on the highest level. Yeah, yeah, and you you made a big uh, competing at the highest level. Speaking of, you made a big splash uh, when you came in. So definitely, uh, when was the last time you competed? BJJ Bet. That was uh, you competed against Leonardo Lara. That's crazy. That's funny. I fought him. Right before I met you, I lost to him too. But I fought, I fought him right before I met you, um, and that was the last. That was the last super fight you did, right? Yeah. And then you did. You've also done Kasai Pro. Yeah, man. Be, I think it'd be cool to. Uh, would you consider doing like a fight to win or a third coast grappling or anything of that nature? Yeah, I want to. Mhm. All right. I'm awesome. just just ready to get invited. <laughs> yeah. 
might have to shoot Seth Daniels a little invite then. Shoot him a yeah, message. we can shoot him a message and <laughs> see what he says. But yeah, I've, I've been paying attention to your Instagram a lot lately, and you're posting a lot of cool clips, you and Jefferson, like doing some no-gi techniques and, and, and gi techniques too. But um, what's kind of your inspiration for posting those little instructional clips? Are you planning on recording like more material? Is it just kind of like a fun thing that you're doing just for your fans? Yeah, like... We want like, to appear more, to show, like, cool stuff. Because sometimes you open, like, Facebook and Instagram, and you see, like, bad stuff. Like, people that don't have appropriate technique trying to do stuff. And it's kind of, like, not that cool. So mm. we are trying to do, like, something, like, cooler, something with the quality, putting, like, cool music and doing, like, doing more, like, fluid with like an art we want to do like art make something beauty yeah for sure I, jake i don't know if you know this but jake actually just released uh jiu-jitsu x instructional oh really under, yeah mm -hmm. so it's really cool so i mean i would love to see you and jefferson do something like that i think it's so cool when guys like like jake or like you who have really high level credentials when they kind of film their game and put it out there for people because i think you can you can get a lot out of studying your matches like i can watch you do like the collar sleeve or the Baron Bolo, like Jake was saying, but it's it's hard to pick up on every little detail until you really break it down and explain it. So I would love to see you do like a BGA Fanatics or Jiu-Jitsu X. That would be awesome. That's, yeah, that would be cool. The coolest part, like you said, is when someone is explained the way he thinks, right? So how yeah. he does it, why he switched the other options. Because I feel like, I feel you, sometimes I watch some people fighting and they like they switch, but you think like so why he switch, why he did it so fast, or how, why did he take that long? And it's cool when they explain it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I, I hope I, I love the short Instagram clips where it's just the technique that's super fun to watch too. But I would also love to see you do a longer format one, breaking down maybe like your guard or some of your passing techniques. That would be awesome. Oh yeah, and it's it's great to it's great for you like to finance a trip. Like what if you're like man. I could I could go compete at this tournament and I did this instructional and I saved money with this instructional and man now I can go and I this is just another way for me to make income um you know and I the the example I always use is people like Kit Dale or Gordon Ryan like those guys are big personalities and you can say whatever you want about Gordon and everything like that but the man is making money He's putting smart. out instructionals yeah. He's smart, smart right yeah. you can do the same thing being nice but <laughs> that's, what it, that's what we're trying to do right yeah. <laughs> but uh but it is it is true i think that uh putting out instructionals and making sure that um we can we can that like this is my very first one i want to be able to do this more and more and more because i love teaching do you um do you think you'll eventually do uh an instructional yeah i think so i did some recordings before like record some positions like explain a bit but like, I didn't release anything yet, but hopefully soon. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that would be awesome. So another another topic I wanted to talk to you about that Jake kind of alluded to is kind of like how you are able to to finance your career because you travel a lot, you do um, a lot of tournaments, you're all over the place in terms of like competing. So is it difficult for you to be able to like make a living while you're doing all that competition? Like, what are some of the challenges of traveling that much and having those expenses, um, living like the jiu-jitsu lifestyle at the same time. Yeah, the truth is that I was lucky. I, I still am lucky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like a lot of people helped me, especially at the beginning, like 
they they bought me tickets and then I paid them like little by little. Sometimes they didn't they didn't ask for it. They said no, you don't need to pay me. So just go and do your best. And some of the tournaments that people helped me, I was able to make money. So I didn't like pay the flight because of them, and I could just save the money to like pay food, pay the fees to the tournament. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and a lot of the places I went, people let me stay in their house, so I didn't have to pay the rent or the the days at the hotels. People were really helping. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you say lucky, but I think a lot of times people want to help the people that they see are working really hard. So I'm sure people around you were noticing how much time you were putting into your training and they really believed in you. So it wasn't, I don't think it was luck. It was probably just people recognized your hard work and they wanted to help someone out who was, who they, who they really believed in. Yeah. I'm just thankful for them. Like without them, it, it, it wouldn't be possible. That's really sure. cool. A lot of, and it's, it's good to you. Yeah. You recognize that. And like a lot of them, they open their gyms or the gym they training, like talking to the professor. So I went there and teach some like seminars as well. So mm-hmm. to the to the tournaments I paid for the ticket and the fees, a friend of mine said, "Oh, you're coming? Like I can talk to my professor. You can teach a seminar. You want?" I said, "Yes, that'll be cool." <sighs> and a lot of the time I did it, so I I could go to Europe could go to United States, could go like all around the world fighting and don't worry about what I could eat the next day. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. That's awesome. It's so cool that there's people like that in the jiu-jitsu community that are willing to help the, the competitors and, you know, just help their friends. Yeah, they're the best. Kind of their- Our community is the best. Yeah, it really mm-hmm. is. So we talked a little bit. We mentioned Murillo. His name came up a little bit earlier in the interview. Can you talk about what it was like training under him for the first time and kind of all the just your impression of him as a coach because I think we see him like on flow grappling coaching the students and everyone hears his voice and all that and he's he doesn't do a lot of interviews so we don't know like too much about him personally but everyone knows how great of a coach he is so can you talk a little bit (laughs) you talk a little bit about Murillo and like what he means to you as a coach and a friend he's one of the night the nicest person i met in my life like he has a good heart like he really cares about us we care about him and like the things he did like i think just a few people in the world would do it like just like jiu-jitsu wise and also like during the day day in day out like he he did so many stuff for us he didn't need to do it and then he didn't ask anything return and as a coach like he's so precise he see he see you doing something he already knows what you can do like better from there like maybe a frame he didn't pose in the right spot and he always gives like good feedbacks like how you can like, improve he always says about like the mentality the physical training he always asks us to be like a better person a better athlete you don't like say just do like oh just do jiu-jitsu he also he knows that we need to do like training condition and like to work on the mentality yeah definitely mm-hmm. uh, i noticed so another question i had about him too is i feel like 
when someone and Jake can probably relate to this too with his coach. But I feel like a lot of times when you compete and you have your coach in your corner, it gives you a lot of confidence and you feel and you feel like you compete better. Is Murillo the kind of coach who when he's there, you're like, okay, I've got Murillo. I know I'm going to perform to my best. I know he's going to give me the right advice and everything like that. Is he that type of coach for you? Yeah, it's so cool to have him because like, I trust him and I know like if I can do anything that he will get my back. Mm-hmm. So it gives a uh, uh, extra con- con- confidence, right? Yeah, confidence yeah. for sure. Yeah, 100%. I feel the same way. And uh, what's interesting for me is, um, and you might be able to relate to this too, uh, do you ever feel like just subconsciously or uh, just in the back of your head, you compete a little bit differently when uh, Murillo is there? Because when Andre's there yelling at me, I feel a sense of I compete better. Like I, I always compete a little better when I'm actually hearing the audible voice of my coach. But I, I very rarely get voice. to. Yeah, <laughs> I very rarely get to. Uh, well, because like his here, voice isn't that bad. It's always here. But no, not Murillo. Murillo's scary. No, I can I mean, like, from our coach. Yeah, yeah. My my coach is really loud too. Um, oh, you met my coach. Yeah, yeah, you met him. He was screaming at the top. Yeah, Andre's Andre's definitely a loud dude. Um, but uh, yeah, hear, hearing my coach's voice uh, like out loud helps me so much. Um, but I very rarely get to have him there with me. You know, like whenever I travel, it's always like Andre's got to stay home because me and him run the academy together. So um, did, are you are you competing more often without Myrtle there as well? Yeah, so before, like, lots of us were comp- competing in different spots at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like, Jonas and I went to a place, like, Talisson, Jeff, Sebastian, like, Levi, Bones, Juni, like, all going to different places. So it's hard to Murilo to be everywhere. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sure. So we kind of, we, we got used to it. We got used to fighting without him as well. But like Jake said, it's different when Murilo is there. You feel like I don't know someone is really cheering cheer for you. For sure, I feel the same way. Yeah, that's awesome. You, you you just mentioned a couple of your your main teammates from from Unity or just from Cicero Costa, just people you've trained with. Um, and I noticed a lot of them are kind of a lot of them are black belts now, almost all of them I think, and they're starting to open their own schools and kind of you know, drifting away from that core training group that they were training with for so long. So do you feel like that's something that is in your plans for the future too? Do you want to have your own academy? Do you want to maybe move somewhere where there's not a lot of jujitsu and kind of spread jujitsu somewhere new? Is that part of your your plan? Yeah, that's part of the plan. I think like all of us, we want to open a gym one day and retribute it and pay back to the community what the community has made for us. Mm. But I, I don't want to do it right now. I want to to stay here in New York training for like a long time and mm-hmm. also go and visit those friends like go to Barcelona, go to Australia, California and visit them training like remember talk about past, have some fun. But mainly awesome. I want to yeah, but mainly I want to stay here in New York like helping the gym, doing my best competing as an athlete. Yeah. Awesome. So do you want to talk a little bit about what your, your plans are? I know 2020 was a crazy year and not a lot of tournaments. Um, you were able to compete a couple of times, but the, the opportunities to compete were, were few and far between. So what are your plans for 2021, assuming that things start to open up a little bit more, maybe by the summer and, and more tournaments are available? Yeah, so hopefully, like you said, by the summer, the tournaments come back. But till there, my goal is to get 
to gain some weight, to stay sharp, and like to support people that are competing. Like Juni has a coming up fight, mm-hmm. and a couple of their guys are fighting as well. So helping them where they can, staying sharp. I don't know, maybe like fight some fight to win or third coast or who's number one, like anything that shows up. Mm-hmm. But right now I don't have like any specific tournament to do it. Mm-hmm. I did just message Seth Dan. I literally, while we're talking, while we're talking, I messaged Seth Daniels on your behalf. So oh, thank, you, know, thank you, thank you, man. I'm out here. I'm out here gunning for you. I'm telling you, I'm rooting for you. We'll tell you, you still, to win. If you were medium heavyweight, I would have dipped out of the call. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Like, I'm out. Don't gain too much weight. Yeah, don't gain too much weight, because then, because then we can't be friends anymore. <laughs> you are the best, Jake. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're, uh, I'm helping you. He hasn't read them yet, which is kind of whatever. But <laughs> he will soon. Hopefully, we're hopefully, hopeful. hopefully, right? Fingers crossed. It. <laughs> Let's talk about you know what? Uh, since I've known you, I've known you've been good friends with Jonas. How long have you known Jonas Andrade? Since we we're young, I think. First time I I went to Cicero, he wasn't there, but he was already going to there. But mm-hmm. the next year, when I was fifteen, he was there, so we met over there. Because mm-hmm. I met you guys at the BreaJiuJitsu.net. Uh, the jujitsu.net. Yeah. Ju- ju- um, yeah, you had a a good performance that day, huh? You know why? Because Pete O'Neill tore his ACL. That's why. Oh, I didn't even fight him. Do you remember that? Yeah, Pete but you're you're doing really good. Yeah, me. I mean, shoot. Um, me and you had the closest match I've ever had in my entire life. I've Andre's <laughs> screaming and everything yeah, is happening. That was a crazy <laughs> match, and I got. I, need to I watch that. like. I was, uh, I was like, if I would have lost, I would have been like, I can't be even mad. You know what I mean? But then at Pan Am's had another crazy match. So I love having, I love your style because you're just, you're always trying to outsmart and, and you're not gonna, you're like never say die. You're not the kind of guy who's gonna stall out. And me and you have had these insane matches. That day was a good day. That was like one of those days where I had a good day. Um, but. Hey, that, that's not what I was trying to get at. I was trying to say this when I met you guys. I remember you guys were singing Panda. You guys are Panda, 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 Panda. I was like, man, these guys, these guys are hype, super hype. I, feel <laughs> I don't speak Portuguese. Like everybody's probably talking about. Um, There's a song, right? It's that Panda. Panda oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, uh, some, some random dude. I said, oh, listen to this song, and then like we are so into it. Like listen to that. <laughs> yeah, they were literally like having their own concert on the bat. <laughs> I was like, man, these guys are these guys are getting after it. This is awesome. Um, it's funny. You met a couple of our guests on the, at that tournament, right? Sam, Sam the guy too. Hmm. Right? Uh, that was a different one, actually. I think. Yeah, that was another one. That was a different one where Sam the guy fought Machias Luna. Uh, Seth Respondi said, "That's cool, bro." So uh, <laughs> I don't know. Definitely Seth Daniels talking. Um, but uh, yeah, I just wanted to ask about that friendship because I know. Uh, he he did something recently where he went to Spain, correct? He went to Barcelona, Spain. Yeah, he's in Barcelona now. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I think he's, he's over a year. It might be his second year. Oh year. wow. Okay. We, I was actually messaging him uh, last week. We're gonna get him on soon for sure. Cause I I know he opened that key brand too. Um, I forget what it's called. Four Four Elements, right? Yeah, Is Four Elements. The name of it? Four Elements, yeah. So yeah, we're gonna get Jonas on too. That's awesome. That's awesome that you guys are friends and that you have a a network that like like Barcelona, Australia, Southern California. 
you have like super close friends that are all over the world. That's so cool that you're going to be able to visit them and, and have that network throughout, throughout the rest of your life. Yeah, that's so cool. Like happy for them, they're doing great, like business-wise and like athlete-wise as well. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Jake, do you have any uh, any more questions for Italo? I kind of went through my list. Um, but yeah, if you have anything else. You know, man, uh, I just want to say, Italo, that we uh, we really appreciate you coming on, and uh, we're definitely rooting for you. One thing that we we always impart to our guests uh, is that we are fully behind you and we fully support you. And uh, that's that's like something that we're trying to break the boundaries on, right? Because I mean, like you and I have competed, but we're friends, so that's yeah, we are not enemies, right? exactly. Yeah. But there's a lot of people who still act like that. Like the jiu- the jiu-jitsu community, while being beautiful and flourishing, has some dark spots that are yeah. our that are competitors' fault, really, and how people act, really. Um, and so we want to let you know, dude, if you if you want any help promoting any of your stuff, if you want any help, uh hey i don't know do you do you guys know anybody in arizona who's looking for a seminar anything like that dude just let us know um and we're definitely behind you 100 percent, dude i think you're gonna do big things and it's really good to talk to you again thank you as a pleasure to talk to you guys hopefully we can get you trained together soon Oof, that'd be awesome that would be we've true. had a lot of unity people on the podcast yeah we had anna on we had jefferson we had Devonte. so you guys have awesome. to come by one day when i know you when you guys in new york one oh, day, cool. I would love that. I've been there once. I've been to New York one time, and it was awesome. It was an awesome experience, but I didn't get any training down there, so because I was next just competing. Time, next time, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Next time. Oh yeah, I met you there too. Um, but uh, <laughs> Danny, if you don't have any other questions, I'm gonna go ahead and er- er- do this uh, election performance ad. Check it out. So right, right before that, hang on. Uh, Etel, do you have any sponsors you want to thank, or any friends you want to thank? I'd like to thank. To thank like Murillo, Unity, like and that's it. That's it. <laughs> like, nice. that, like there are so many people like I would like to thank, but I will probably forget the name. So yeah. speak just yeah. to Unity, like thank you, Unity. Yeah. <laughs> if they're listening, they know. Whoever, yeah. whoever's yeah. they know. Exactly. Who, you know who yeah, you like are. you, they are listening right now. Like thank you. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Sorry, right. Jake. Check it out. You see how Danny put me in check there? You see how <laughs> Danny sorry. was like a verbal spotter? I know. I was spotter? like, that was a little aggressive. I'm Danny sorry, was dude. like a verbal <laughs> spotter, which is what you need when you're lifting heavy. And if you're lifting heavy, chances are you are going to get as big, if not close, to Italo Mora, who has been putting in work <laughs> pumping iron. Man looks like a Brazilian Greek god. All right? You want to look half as good as that? Go on electrumperformance.com. Punch in our discount code. Pump some freaking iron. Forget the fact that it's Valentine's Day. It's a made-up holiday. It's made up by Hallmark to sell cards. All right? <laughs> Love isn't real. I'm just joking. Uh, <laughs> it's getting real dark. Uh, use our discount code, OBGARGUYS25, for lecture performance. We want to thank them. Uh, we love them. Thank you, uh, Agro Brand. Eddie Welch, you are amazing. And uh, you've done so much help for us. We love you. Uh, Hi, Geo Photography, Chofit Cryo. And Maracaba BJJ, Marcio Andre Academy. You can use my discount code, Jake Watson, for 10% off of everything on breaknewground.com. And yeah, I did just drop the, uh, i just take this time to plug my thing. I did just drop uh, the Single Leg X tutorial system. If you want to uh, learn how I think about Single Leg X, it's been uh you know, I've done a pretty good job with it in tournament, and uh, it's my very first ever product. So if you guys want to go check that out, go to jujitsux.com. And uh, yeah, Danny, I'm off my soapbox. 
No, you're good. I got one more thing I want to plug. So there's this new promotion. It's called – maybe some of you guys have seen it. It's called EUG Promotions, Evolve Your Game um, Promotions. They're having a under-160 tournament in Vegas. It's an eight-man tournament. It's going to be – I think it's a $10,000 cash prize for the winner. So we're going to have some, some more news coming up about that, but it's on April 3rd. So if you can follow EUG Promotions on Instagram, um, you can see the names in the bracket. It's It's an incredible lineup, so – Definitely check that out, and we'll have some more information coming out about that soon. Yes, we will. All right. Awesome. Italo, thank you so much, man. Episode 79 of the Open Guard cast. Uh-huh. So happy. One year, so 79 much. episodes. Well, a little yeah. over a year. Oh, my goodness. Cool. I just looked at – wait, real quick. I just looked at your BJJ Heroes page. You have uh, seven submission wins all by, like, choke from the back. <laughs> wait, you don't armbar? <laughs> you don't do anything else? <laughs> That's I need awesome. to learn yet. <laughs> it's literally a blue circle with a little green. And I'm like, dang, it's like, six chokes in the back and one rear naked choke. He's like, I don't want to arm bar you. I just no, want to That's beautiful. Choke you. I think that's dominant. <laughs> it's hard to choke people. Oh, man. yeah. Yeah. Dang. All right. That's my last. That's my last point. That's impressive. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I congrats sure. on so, you guys. You're doing great with the show. I appreciate oh, it. Oh, thank, thank you, you so much. Yeah. We're definitely going to have you back on in the future. Um, we can't wait to watch you compete in 2021 and beyond. And we know you're going to do really good at all the major tournaments. So thanks again for coming on. Thank you. Bye-bye. So, yeah, this is episode 79 of the Open Guard Cast with Italo Mora, and we will see you guys soon.